Hi, I'm Sila Aleti with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, and this is our podcast, Meet the Investigators. This month, we talked to a journalist from Panama. My name is Maritrini Sea, and I work for La Prensa newspaper. Maritrini spoke with ICAJ reporter Kira Gurney. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What made you decide to become a journalist? I'm a person of uncompromised principles and values. And I decide to become a journalist as a means to transform reality and be an agent of change within a society full of injustice such as Panama republics. With its booming economy, Panama is one of Latin America's luckiest countries, according to a report by The Economist. And its citizens are some of the richest in the region. But it is also one of the most unequal and prone to corruption. In 2016, our investigation, the Panama Papers, revealed how some Panamanian firms helped people across the world launder money and dodge taxes. Meanwhile, Panama's children are stuck with what's labeled one of the worst education systems in the world. Panama is the richest country in Latin America, yet it makes me angry and hurts to see poor children lacking adequate state school, cultural and sports centers. It's also hard to see kids going to school with the hope of getting something to eat there because there is nothing at home. So when you analyze things, you realize there is no shortage of money at all. There is plenty of money in this nation, but corruption, mismanagement of government funds and monkey business generate this unfortunate and sad outcome. As a passionate investigative journalist, Meritrini couldn't ignore such rampant corruption and lack of fair opportunities. What investigation or story are you most proud of? The investigation I'm most proud of is one regarding dubious philanthropy in our legislative assembly and the one related to sport in which our athletes do not get any funds or support. I discovered that donations from this legislature were offered through their assistance and they even had a secret code to cover the identities of legislators who manage all payments. So they offer checks to the needy people but beneficiaries actually receive 5% of payment. The rest return to the legislators. So. I discovered that legislature assistants really accompanied beneficiaries to the bank and took the money, giving them only 5%. These donations were made to poor people who, as I said, did not receive the full payment, just a small part of it. On the other hand, legislature assistants were outside of the bank to get 95% of the check back. In most cases, people never knew what legislature was involved. Later on, in the sport investigation, we revealed that there were sport organizations also led by legislators that were only ones to receive millionaire funds from the executive branch for sport equipment and for impoverished community. And once again, funds never reach their beneficiaries. We are talking about more than $100 million, including both investigations. 
These are really incredible findings. Can you tell us uh, more about how you reported these stories? First of all, we started with extraction of data from payments reported to the controller of the Republic, which is public information. We look at donation and payment. I organize data in Excel sheets and cross information with other databases that have ID numbers and address. Then I generate Excel tables to summarize all information. From then, I start working very hard, walking streets a lot, looking for the supposed favorite ones or beneficiaries, tracking, tracking the monies, knocking on doors of houses, knocking NGOs doors, visiting the poor favorite communities that were given millions of dollars in sport equipment to see if the described payment in the paper were true or not. When I arrived at the poor communities, there was no sport equipment and not even a sport facility. People did not know that they have received such amounts of money, implements or any donation. So I remember many people cried with rage when reading documents and funds that were supposedly given to them and that ended up in the hands of politicians. And we are talking about legislators of all political parties in Panama. Wow. And what was the hardest part of this reporting? I think the hardest part was the absolute lack of response from politicians to whom we asked for details of money use. And we found the same attitude was received by the entity that de delivered payments in this poor case. So I had to appeal to the Supreme Court of Justice to request via alias data to have the entity deliver all documentation related to the use of public funds. So they finally did it, but partially, and it took me more than a year to receive it. Meanwhile, the ask of seeking for interview in distant regions of the country went on. And what was the impact of these investigations? It resulted in a great scandal that outraged the public. Protests anti-reelection campaigns for legislators arise. All this had an impact in the last polls, and in addition to that, the journalistic investigation were used to start prosecution of case and investigation are still going on by the authorities. Many times investigations on donations and sports subsidies ending up in politicians' pockets were recognized with a number of awards. They also helped fuel a grassroots anti-corruption movement that went viral on social media with the hashtag no a la reelección, not to re-election. That's incredible. It's so amazing that your reporting resulted in this public campaign in which people were uh, protesting the re-election for the legislators who were involved. How did it feel for you to know that your journalism had inspired this civic movement? I feel the objective of journalism as a public service to the community is reaffirmed. Uh, the message arrived 
the public took action regarding publication. They were outraged. They organized and decided to demand accountability. And later on, they passed the bill to the politician at the polls. I get the feeling that journalism pays off. I mean, it most has to contribute to open people's eyes and that this has to be stopped. So like uh, most of the world, Panama is also suffering right now because of the, the pandemic. Um, what challenges has the pandemic created for investigative journalists in Panama? Yeah, of course, in Panama, um, we have the pandemic uh, as in all countries in the world, and it has complicated everything a lot. We have less accountability than we had before on the use of public funds. This pandemic has become the perfect excuse to deny information on millionaire contract. Now we have a total opacity of accountability. It's more difficult to do journalism. In fact, authorities refuse to give interviews or to provide any information. For Meritrini's newspaper, the pandemic is not the only obstacle to press freedom. A legal action launched by a former president years ago is putting La Prensa's finances in danger. In 2012, Ernesto Perez Valladeres, who was president from 1994 to 1999, filed a defamation suit alleging that some of their articles had discredited his image. According to the Committee to Protect Journalists, an advocacy group, the 2011 articles said that the former president could face a new criminal investigation for alleged money laundering. In July, a Panamanian court ordered a freeze on the assets of the company that owns La Prensa. How has this court decision impacted your newspaper? Although former president lawsuit was present eight years ago, this process stopped all that time and has only now restarted. So it's just beginning. So that's why it's totally unacceptable and obvious that intentions were to cause damage to the newspaper with a case that could easily last several years. And sequestration was presented about two months ago put it in danger la prensa's normal operation and it almost prevents salaries payment in the middle of the pandemic quarantine imposed by the health authorities. So the allegations of the former president only look to cause harm to la prensa's normal operation through sequestration. But fortunately, a bond was present to avoid sequestration. Este, mi cliente no está por el dinero, pero, pero también quiere pues, que se le rectifique su obra. That's Perez Valladares lawyer speaking at a recent meeting with La Prensa's journalist. In the clip published on the newspaper's YouTube channel, he told the reporters that the former president is not after their money, but wants his honor restored. The case is ongoing. In the meantime, Meritrini and her team continue to work hard to expose corruption. Last year, she was part of the Panamanian reporting team who collaborated with ICIJ and media partners on our investigation, Bribery Division. They examined thousands of documents revealing hundreds of millions of dollars in suspicious payments linked to Odebrecht, Latin America's largest construction company, and major infrastructure projects across the region. What's the benefit of working on global collaborations? The experience 
was amazing. Colleagues support each other a lot in sharing common points of view between countries, methods, sources. There were companies that had connection and the same role in different countries. The publication revealed in Panama the second largest beneficiary of the payments from Odebrecht Black Box in Panama and new nicknames and companies related to Odebrecht bribes. So working as a team is fantastic. You feel a big support. There are different strengths in the team. So we all support each other. If we were in search of something that had to do with another country, for example, you pass information to your colleague and we join forces, data, and search for information across borders. So the story comes out much more robust and verified. As we heard about Meditrini's experience, we couldn't not ask her one of our favorite questions. What tips or advice do you have for aspiring journalists? Well, I will tell aspiring journalists that this profession demands a lot of work, that research takes a lot of extra time, family time, personal leisure time, and that you have to have a cold mind, a lot of patience and methodology. But above all things, I think ethics. Ethics. On the contrary to what it has been said, the end does not justify the means. We have to uh, have this concept clearly in our mind as journalists. And investigative journalism is a really stressful career. How do you manage or relieve the stress? Yeah, it's very stressful. <laughs> well, I do biking, skating, and I like to read about journalism or books by journalists and good writers. Can you tell us a piece of journalism or storytelling that you've really enjoyed uh, lately? There are two books written by journalists that I have enjoyed a lot recently. Uh, for example, The Bojur Motel by journalist Gay Tales. And I'm talking to you from prison where death is smelled and breathed by the Colombian journalist Jeanette Bedoya. Also, in the middle of this pandemic and what it has implied, even more the transformation of the media, I have felt nostalgic and have read again for second time the book title How to Write a Newspaper by the teacher Miguel Angel Bastenier. That was just to refresh my knowledge and foundation of good journalism because I think journalism principles do not change, only media or platform change. And currently I have this book called A Simple Story by Leila Guerriero for my sleepless nights. Thank you so much for making the time. As Meritini said, investigative reporting is a really stressful job and we are very grateful to the journalists who take a moment from their busy schedule to talk to us, especially those whose English is not their first language. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was produced by Kira Gurney, Amy Wilson-Chapman and me, Sheila Lecci. As always, please send us your feedback at social at icij.org and don't forget to tell your friends. If you can, please share the episode on social media and use the hashtag MeetTheInvestigators to let people know. Ciao!